One reason, well, as you guys uh, take, get the baskets, and we're going to be uh, uh, passing those out and encourage you to give. Um, we we uh, have something that some of you may not know on our website, and that is uh, you can actually listen to our sermons online. So you can actually go to lakepointonline.com and go to messages at the top, and you can actually look at, at where uh, the different sermon series that we have got loaded on there, and uh, this, you can actually go and listen to uh, last week's sermon as we closed out uh, the Wired for Worship series. In fact, I've had a couple of people already tell me today that they went back and they listened to the, um, to the message from last week, and it blessed their hearts, and I would encourage you to do, uh, to do the same thing if you have missed uh, that message, or if you just want to listen to it again. But again, it's lakepointonline.com. You can also find us on your favorite podcast, so like uh, Apple uh, iTunes or SoundCloud or a variety of other, um, uh, other avenues that you can listen to the podcast. Just find Lake Point Church, and we are good to go. All right, so enough about that. I can't wait to start this series. This series has been a series that has been on my heart for a long time. And in my time of prayer, many times as I pray about, Lord, what do you want to share to the people of Lake Point, to the people of Emerson, to South Bartow County, to, to North Cobb County? What, what do you want to share to the people? If you could stand here and speak, what do you want to share? And so that's how I get the, the series ideas. It's not just sort of rolling the dice. I really need to hear from the Lord. And I've, I've come across in my time, quiet time of the Holy Spirit speaking to me saying, you know, just talk about Jesus. Just talk about Jesus. Let it be about Jesus. You know, I believe, and the reason I know this is because I do the same thing. We don't say Jesus enough. Now, you might use the word Jesus when you slam your hammer on your thumb, you know. I don't know. But we don't use the name Jesus enough. Because Jesus, when you throw in the name Jesus, the conversation turns a little bit. All right? It, it gets people's attention. Right? Like, for instance, if you were to say, hey, I invite you to come to our church, Lake Point Church. And they say, okay, well, where, what is it, where you meet and what the times are. And, and say, so what do you do? Well, we, we worship God. And that's great. We can say that. But if you were to say, we come and we worship Jesus. And like, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's you know, it gets our attention. Okay? It's not just, just God. It's his son, Jesus, who we should glorify. And that's why we started the service today with singing songs all about Jesus. And so this series is going to be all about Jesus, who he is, not who he was because he's still alive, who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Well, Jesus, as we know, was human. He was God in human flesh. And so he was God and man, but he lived on this earth for about 33 years. And on this earth, he was able to experience things that you and I experience. You know, some people think of God as this sort of like this being that's up in heaven or stars or on Mars or somewhere, right? And this God is up there, this being, and he has no relation to us. 
he, has, he doesn't really care what's really going on. It's like, well, I created them, and they're just going to do whatever they want, and you know, I'm just going to hang out here, you know? But God, that's, that's so wrong to think that because we have proof that God identified with us by sending his son, Jesus. And Jesus is part of the Trinity, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus came down, he, he chose to identify with us, and it's called identification. A lot of times we even see this in politics. We, we see this in this crazy uh, political world that's happening right now. You know, you have politicians that'll, that'll show up at a, at a meeting with a bunch of bankers, and they'll say, well, my father was a banker. And that's probably true. My father was a banker. So I relate with you, or I understand you. I understand what you're going through. And then he'll get in the car, and then he'll kind of change shirts and kind of put on um, put on a, a hard hat and a, and, a, and a jacket and he'll maybe roll up his sleeves a little bit and he'll go out into a factory and he'll talk to some factory workers and he'll say, my uncle's brother was a factory worker and so I understand you. He's doing everything he can to identify and then he'll get in the car and, and put on some overalls and a hat and go talk to farmers and you know he'll he'll use some sort of deal have, have some sort of identification of I understand you. So we see that in uh, in in politics. Well God did that for us. God says, look, I understand you, I made you, and I know it's hard for you to understand that because you can't see me. So boom, here I am. On the earth, human form, I know what you're going through. I know the struggles. I know how that feels, whatever that is. I know that. Why? Because I was human. Because I came on this earth. And so before we get into seeing who this Jesus was, today... I want us to look at how Jesus identifies with you and how Jesus understands you, how Jesus understands us. And we can look at um, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, and the scriptures are on the screen, and you can look at the Version Bible app as well. But Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he, too, Jesus, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death we might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And so if you, um, if you look at Hebrews chapter 2, 17 through 18, it says this, For this reason, and this is huge, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he, Jesus, might make atonement for the sins of the people. And this is key, verse 18, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all have ever been tempted? All right. We should all 
have our hands up. We have all been tempted in some form or fashion. We have all been tempted. What, what this scripture is saying is this. Look, Jesus was tempted. He was on this earth, and he was tempted when he, when he went out in, in, into the desert before he began his ministry, and he fasted 40 days, and Satan came to him and tempted him. Jesus withstood that, but he understands what it's like to be tempted. When you say, when you go to God the Father, when you go to Jesus in prayer and say, I'm just, I'm just being tempted. I, can you understand? Jesus said, yes, I do. I understand. I understand what it's like to be tempted. He is relating with you, and he understands you. We have a high priest who empathizes with us. I understand. Let's say if you're at a, you're at a gathering, and let's say, let's say if, if you are someone who has, has battled cancer in the past, and you meet this other person at this, at this party or this fellowship or this gathering, and you get talking to them, and they'll share with you, you know, I've got this form of cancer. And you look at them and say, you know, I had that. And immediately, the conversation, there's connection. Oh, well, the other person may ask, well, what was it like when you went through, through chemo? What kind of chemo did you have? What? You know, so the conversation goes on. And so you, if you are that person who survived cancer, you can look at that person and empathize with them what they are going through. It's the same way with Jesus. Jesus, I'm being tempted. I know. I know what that feels like. I know that feels like. And so he understands you. He cares for you. You know, the reason why it's so wonderful that Jesus was a human is because he's now sitting on a throne of grace. The reason why it's called a throne of grace is because the one sitting on it has been a human being. He understands. He's sitting on a throne of grace and it's called grace. Why? He's been there. He's been a human. He understands you. Y'all, this is huge. You know how many people in this world walk around this world and say, how could Jesus relate with me? How can he understand me? We're going to get to even more of that. So how does Jesus relate? Well, he relates with us in a wide variety of ways, but we're looking at three different ways that Jesus can understand you, can relate with us. And so uh, the first way is Jesus understands relationships. Jesus understands relationships. So uh, look at Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Mark chapter 6, verse 3. We're going to look at a, a situation where uh, Jesus uh, is, is having to deal with family and, and this sort of deal. So to set this up, um, Jesus uh, Jesus is talking to a group of people, and, and, the, and the crowd is asking this question. Verse 6, isn't this the carpenter? The crowd is asking this question. Isn't this a Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? He's got, he's got four brothers. Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And they took offense at him. So what they were, what they were saying is, look, um, Jesus' brothers and Jesus' sister, um, they were like, okay, isn't he just a, a, a human being? Isn't he 
just someone who, who's on this earth, he has brothers, he has sisters. How can he come from, how can he come from heaven? And so um, G- Jesus had to deal with having uh, siblings, with having brothers and sisters. I mean, we, we live in a house where there's six brothers and sisters. And the, the pranks and the commotion and the things that go on are just crazy. And so students, children, if you're in here going, how can Jesus understand me? I've got, a, I've got a brother, I've got a sister that drives me crazy. How can Jesus understand me? Jesus, Jesus understands. He had brothers. He had sisters. He understands. Can you imagine the pranks? Can you imagine being pranked by Jesus? <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine the other kids being talked to by their parents, like, okay, why can't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> you know? So Jesus understands what you're going through. Students, he's understanding you. If there's any kids in here, he understands because he, um, he had to deal with uh, siblings. He had to obey parents. Some of you students are going, well, Jesus, you know, Jesus doesn't understand. I've got to obey these parents. I mean, how would he relate with me? He had to obey parents too. He was human. He had to obey parents. And yes, he had to put up with some shenanigans of his brothers and sisters. I mean, yeah, it was Jesus, but it wasn't like they all walked around with halos over their head. Jesus did, you know? But he had to kind of put up with some of that. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus understands. You people who are single, if there's any single people in this, in this room. So how can Jesus understand me? How can Jesus relate with me? Uh, Jesus was single. Jesus was single. He knows what it's like. He understands you. He can relate with you because he was single. What about marriage? What about married people? They say, well, Jesus was married. How can he relate with us? He never had a spouse to have to try to get along with. Um, all throughout Scripture, the church is described as the what? The bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Jesus is married now. He was single on earth, but he's married now to the bride of Christ, the church. Can I tell you something Jesus understands? He understands people his bride being unfaithful to him. You ever had a spouse be unfaithful? Jesus understands that. Jesus understands that. You go to God in prayer. My spouse has been unfaithful. How do I deal with this? You, you can't possibly understand. Yes, he can, because it happens all the time. His bride is unfaithful. What about uh, children relationships? Hey, what a, you know, of course Jesus lived a sinless life. He didn't have any kids to raise. You know, you know, raising kids can bring out the devil in all of us, even a pastor. You know, I'm, I have the name pastor, but I'm just like you. I'm like, Ugh, you know. But Jesus, you say, well, Jesus didn't have children. Okay, Jesus, who's part of the Trinity, 
Jesus is, is, is God as well, and we are his children. Do you think God, do you think Jesus has to put up with disobedient children? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've been disobedient. I've been a disobedient child of God. I've been a disobedient child of God. And I had to go and confess that and ask for forgiveness. But we've all been disobedient children. If you have accepted Christ as Savior and you're part of that bride, you're part of that child of God, you have, you have been disobedient before. So God has to put up with you. God has to put up with you. He has to put up with me. He knows what it's like. Oh, these children are driving me crazy. They're draining my energy. I don't know what to do. God, you don't understand. <clears throat> yes, I do. I understand. I understand. So what we're driving at this point is this. Jesus understands you. He understands what you're going through. He understands siblings, you're going through that, having to obey parents, being single, being married, having to deal with those relationships, raising kids. He understands that. In, in Mark chapter 3, verse 31 through 35, it says this, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Now this is, this is a situation where he's talking to some people. And standing outside, they sent someone in to call him, Jesus. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, um, Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Jesus says this, who are my mother and my brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother, is my brother and sister and mother. He's basically saying, look, you're, you're my family. You're my family. They think I'm crazy. I love them, but they, they think I'm crazy. And, and I could show you the proof in, in Mark chapter 2, uh, just a few verses before that. In 21, he says, when his, Jesus' family, heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, you used to be just like a normal dude. You, you had a business. You had a business. You had a carpentry business. You, you, you uh, built things. You just was kind of flying under the radar, and then all of a sudden, boom, you snapped. Something happened. You went in the desert for 40 days. Then you were, you were baptized by your cousin, our cousin, John the Baptist. And now you're doing all this stuff. What's wrong with you? You're crazy. You ever had people, you ever had family members tell you you're crazy? I've had family members tell me I'm crazy. I have. You try to adopt three children and plant a church at the same time time, not knowing how you're going to survive. But you know you're following God, and you know God has spoken to you, and you've seen proof of that. People are going to call you crazy. They're going to call you crazy. 
And if you haven't done something crazy in a while, if you haven't stopped and listened to what God could be saying to you and to where you can say, you know what? I believe God is telling me to do this. I know it's crazy to do this, but I know I need to obey. So call me crazy anyway. I don't care because I'm following Jesus. Jesus, I'm following my Father, my Heavenly Father. And so call me crazy if you want. So if you ever had anybody, any family members, sort of call you crazy, sort of maybe disown you a little bit, he understands. He understands. And I tell you, I had to go through, I had to go to God in prayer about, about this. When I had family members like, man, I, I, just, I just don't know if this is something you should be doing. And so Jesus understands. I did the same thing. That's what Jesus would say. What about, what about friend relationships? What about friend relationships? What about Lazarus? Lazarus was a great friend of Jesus. In fact, it's the only time we see in Scripture where, where, where Jesus wept. Wept. He wept bitterly for his friend Lazarus who died. Of course, then he went and raised him back to life. But he wept over his friend Lazarus. Have you ever lost a friend? Have you ever lost someone? Jesus understands you. Jesus can relate with you. What about, have you ever been betrayed by a friend? I have. You go plant a church and ask friends to come join you, you're going to be betrayed. As a matter of fact. It just happens. You do many things in life. You're, you're going to have friends that, that will betray you. And what do you do about that? What do you do about that? The hurt, the pain. You go to God the Father, and you say, Jesus, Heavenly Father, I, how do I deal with this? Can you understand me? Yes, I understand you. Because one of my chosen disciples betrayed me. I know what you're going through. I understand what you're going through. I understand to be hanging on a cross knowing that people betrayed me and to be hanging on the cross and only seeing one of my friends at the foot of the cross. I know what it's like to be betrayed. If you've ever been betrayed, Jesus can relate with you. So, Jesus understands relationships. Isn't it great to know? Isn't it great to know that Jesus came to this earth and he was in human form and he, and he had to deal with all of those things? And that's, guess what? That's what you and I have to deal with. So, he understands relationships. The second area is Jesus understands work. Jesus understands work. Now, I know there are some students in here, you, you're not really, you know, you may not have a job. Some of you may have a job. But if you don't have a job where you're making money, you should have a job at your house doing stuff. And if not, you can come to our house. We'll get you, get you some work. But, but for the adults out there, Jesus understands work. He understands. He understands 
um, what it's like uh, to, to work and to work hard. You know, we have these pictures of Jesus in a, in a robe and a sash, and he's walking around just nice and peaceful. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. I picture Jesus more with jeans and a tool belt and a T-shirt, right? I just, I mean, he probably had, he probably had muscles. He was, he was a carpenter. I mean, he was a, he was a hard-working person. He was a hard-working human. He worked hard. I mean, I'd do a few things around the house, but when my skill saw doesn't work anymore, and it's, the blade doesn't work, and I have to put it down, I have to find my regular saw, and I have to saw this board, I'm like, I have to take a break in the middle of cutting this board. It's hard work. You know, Jesus didn't have all the, all the nail guns and all the tools. He had to do it the old-fashioned way. So Jesus understands hard work. So all you blue-collar workers, hey, Jesus understands you. Jesus understands. He probably understands what it's like to get up early in the morning, do a job, and work all the way to dark. He probably has done that a few times. So he understands you. Um, he understands you people who may own your business or may be in a position of authority at your job because Jesus was a business owner. Jesus was a business owner with his father. It's probably called father and son carpentry. <laughs> kind of dual father. All right. So father and son carpentry. So Jesus owned his own business. We don't know this, but there's a good possibility they probably had some other people who worked for them. Maybe they kind of hired them out to do some other things. We don't know. But Jesus had to manage a business. He had to manage a business with his father. But he, he understands that. So some of you in that leadership authority and, you're, and those frustrations that you have, go to Jesus. Jesus, you understand me. So what do I need to do about this situation? What would you do about this? Yo, that is huge. For Jesus to understand what you're going through because he's, he's been there. He's been there. All right. So Jesus understands relationships. Jesus understands work. And then last, Jesus understands your pain. Jesus understands your pain. Now, there's two areas of pain I'm going to talk about. One is called emotional pain. And one is physical pain. Emotional and physical. In Isaiah, book of Isaiah, chapter 53, Isaiah was a prophet. Man, if you could read the book of Isaiah, it would blow your mind how God revealed so many things to Isaiah 400 years or more before Christ came on the earth. But this is what Isaiah said about Jesus. Isaiah 53.3, he, Jesus, was despised and rejected by mankind. Have you ever been despised and rejected? I have. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. 
Did you know that Jesus was an illegitimate child? To the world's eyes, he was an illegitimate child, a child born out of, out of wedlock. But what the rest of the world didn't know and didn't understand was that, was that God sent Jesus to a virgin, Mary. And so, but the world's view, he was an illegitimate child. Do you think as you grew older, people kind of was whispering behind their backs, there's a kid born out of wedlock. Maybe you were born out of wedlock. Maybe you had a child out of wedlock. Jesus understands. You know, Jesus grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. They didn't have train tracks, but he grew up in Nazareth. Nazareth really wasn't a, a glorious place to, to grow up. People, people would make fun of, uh, of others who, who grew up in Nazareth. In fact, he was, he was even talked about. A Naz- what good comes out of Nazareth? What good comes out of there? You know, places around town, you know, around this country, it's like, what good comes out of there? That's where Jesus grew up. That's where Jesus grew up. And I grew up, I grew up in a trailer park. I grew up in a, in, a, in a trailer that, I mean, I could probably jump across it. I mean, so small, you know. My brother and I shared a room that literally, our bedroom, you could, as I went and visited the trailer later in, in, in life, I could literally touch from wall to wall. That was our bedroom. To, to, if I wanted some fresh air, I rolled the window up and you know, the trailer and little things do this. I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. But guess what? Jesus did too. And Jesus understands. You're on the wrong side of the tracks? It don't matter. Jesus understands you. Jesus understands. Jesus was even despised because of his race. The sign that was above his head on the cross. Here is the king of the Jews mocking him. That Jewish race. He He was despised because of his race. He was rejected because of his race. Have you ever been rejected because of your race? Yeah. Well, Jesus understands. Jesus understands. He also had physical pain. Not only emotional pain, but physical pain. In Isaiah 53, 5, just a couple of verses where we just read. It says, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions, our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. That word crushed, it's huge. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds or by his stripes, we are healed. Jesus was in so much pain. You know, he was beaten by three garrisons of of soldiers. You had the Samaritan leaders. I mean, you had the, the... um, not the Samaritan, but you had the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You had their, their little army, their little group. 
Then you had Pilate's garrisons of soldiers. And then you had, you had uh, uh, King Herod's. So you had the, you had the, the law keepers, the, keeper, the teachers of the law, beating him up. Then you had the, the Jewish people, King Herod, beating him up. And then he was passed on to Pilate. And the Roman government beat him up and eventually crucified him. Beaten with a whip, glass, and metal in it 39 times. He was beaten. A crown of thorns pushed into the temples of his forehead. You could say this, that Jesus was beaten so bad that he was tortured to death. He was tortured to death. You got physical pain in your life? Jesus understands. Jesus understands. Lord, I don't know if I can, if I can make it with this, with this pain I'm, I'm having. Lord, I don't know if I can, if I can go on with this cancer that's eating at me. I don't know if I, can, if I can go on with this pain. How can you relate with me on this? Jesus understands. He understands you. He understands you. There's one more area in the, with, uh, with how he understands. I've talked about all the areas. I'm going to go back a little bit real quick to emotional. Here's another thing that Jesus had to go through. You know, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the synoptic Gospels, meaning that they are similar. They follow a lot of the same stories. You can read them kind of side by side, right? And, but the book of John is different. Now, it shares the life of Jesus but there's stories in John that you don't find in any other books. And it's always puzzled me. Why would John have something different than the other Gospels? Now, obviously, they, they all talk about, you know, the beginning of, you know, Christ and, and then his death and those things. But it's, it's the time in the middle of the bookends of his life that's a little bit different between the first three and then the book of John. Well, what we do know historically is that John lived longer than those guys who wrote the other books. Okay, and in fact, M Matthew was the only other disciple. Mark and Luke weren't even disciples. They just wrote an account of the story of Christ. But John, who was a disciple, he had an opportunity to read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Years later, he wrote the book of John. He's probably looking at these other books going, all right, there's some things in here that, that they didn't talk about. Like, for instance... The, the story of, of Nicodemus, when, when Jesus goes to Nicodemus and says, you know, he says, how can he be born again? Well, then we have John 3, 16 from that. For God so loved the world. That verse, if that was, I mean, can you imagine the Bible without that verse? John 3, 16. That's like the banner verse of Christianity. That wasn't in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so he there were, some, there were some stories, and like the woman at the well, that's in John. There's some other stories in John that you don't find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, Bible scholars 
tell us that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they, their focus, beside, outside of the bookends of Jesus' life, their focus was the last year of Jesus' ministry. The last year of his ministry. Well, we know that Jesus ministered for three, possibly three and a half years while on this earth. His ministry, after he got baptized. And so what, what historians and biblical scholars tell us is that John focused more on the first two years of Jesus' life. John would know that because he was there. He walked with Jesus. And so he focused in on the first couple of years of his life. Well, this interesting. Earlier we read in Mark how a crowd was talking like, okay, Jesus, isn't he, isn't he the son of Mary? And did you notice they never mentioned Joseph? We read it a few minutes ago. They never mentioned Joseph. Never mentioned Joseph. But he mentions Mary. He mentions his brothers. Okay? And, but that's in the book of Mark. In another instance, Jesus is, is teaching in a, in a different situation. And, and the people say this. Isn't that Jesus, the son of Joseph? And Mary, who we know. So earlier in Jesus' life, we see that Joseph, and earlier in his, in his ministry, we see that Joseph was included in that. And but John, who shares that, at the end of, of his book, when Jesus is on the cross, he looks at he looks at John, Jesus does, and says, John, behold your mother. Mary, Mary, behold your son, John. Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, wasn't around. Presumably died. Here's what we can, the Bible doesn't say this, but here's what we can probably assume. Is that sometime when Jesus started his ministry and, and he died on the cross and rose again, somewhere in there, there's a good possibility that his earthly father, Joseph, died. You ever had a loved one die? You ever had a father die or a mother die? Jesus understands you. He understands you. He gets it. And whether Joseph died between, you know, that three or three and a half year time, we do know this, that he did die when Jesus was on this earth. And so Jesus understands you. And so as we begin in this Jesus series, I want you to understand this one important thing. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Jesus understands you. We say, Frank, well, how, how do I, then, then how do I deal with this? How do I get Jesus to understand me? How do I, under, how do I know that Jesus understands me? Can I tell you something? You got to, Stop putting your attention and focus on other things to help you with your emotional pain, with your physical pain, with your, with your family issues, your relationship issues, with your work issues. And believe me, we all got some of those issues. But I have to remind myself time and time again, stop focusing on those other things and turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful 
face and the things of this world will dim in the light of his glory and grace. Why is it grace? It's grace because he's been there. He's been there. He's experienced what you've experienced. He's experienced what it, what it feels like to, have, to be tempted, to lose someone, to be betrayed by someone, to have hard work, to have to deal with people, to have pain. He knows what you're going through because he's been there. Yo, that is huge. He's been there. And can I tell you something? He's here right now. He's here right now. Bible says where two or three or more are gathered in Jesus' name, I, I think that shows we're here in Jesus' name. We are here in Jesus' name. And he is here in our midst. And he wants to speak to you. And he wants to share with you. I know what you're going through because I have been there. 